breath, holding patterns, trauma, altered states of consciousness, spiritual integration, and emotional release are all deeply interconnected. I want to talk today a little bit about a specific methodology called holotropic breathwork, why I've been using this method for many years, and why it's one of the main modalities that I use with trauma survivors. Hi, I'm Jasmine Russell, and this is Depth Work, a holistic mental health podcast. This is a space for those who love to dive into the underbelly, to revel in the mystery, question assumptions about what's normal, play in the both and, and honor the wide range of human emotion. As a complex trauma survivor, holistic counselor, and co-founder of a mental health training institute, I've learned that there is immense wisdom in our pain, and that what we call crazy is just what we are not yet willing to understand and explore. I'm so glad that you're here, so let's dive in. Breathwork is a really general term. It's used to describe any kind of modality where you use controlled breath patterns to change your physiology or your mental and emotional state. There are so many different styles and types at this point. There's one for just about every person out there, and you're likely familiar with some form of breathwork even if you haven't been using the term breathwork. Anytime that we tell someone to do deep breathing if they're feeling anxious, or help someone through a panic attack, or tell kids to breathe a little bit more deeply when they're feeling angry or upset. These are all forms of breathwork. But the style that I really want to talk about today is specifically holotropic breathwork, and more specifically, a three-part breath that's used in my practice mostly to assist with emotional release and trauma healing. Now, naturally, People have been using controlled breath patterns in healing, in rituals, in community forever, (laughs) for a really, really long time across all different cultures and spiritual lineages. The idea that our breath is connected to our life force or our spirit is thousands upon thousands of years old. The lineage of the term, even in multiple languages, Latin, Greek, Hindi, and more, all connect the concepts of breath and spirit, or breath and life force. Most of our ancestors intimately understood this deep connection. And most of our ancestors really understood that we can change our state through changing our breathing patterns. There was a more modern resurgence of breathwork as a specific healing modality in the 1960s, especially influenced by Stan and Christina Groff. Stan Groff was particularly interested through the banning of LSD to find ways that people could access altered states of consciousness without having to utilize psychedelics. So he researched this intersection between consciousness and breath across history and lineages and also started to understand the connection between altered states, breathing, and evocative music which are the key ingredients of holotropic breathwork for Stan Groff. These ingredients helped to create an environment that was really conducive for an altered state of consciousness and integration of past trauma. 
It's quite a simple concept, actually. With a skilled practitioner, someone who's engaging in holotropic breathwork would quite simply lay down, learn the breathing pattern, utilize that breathing pattern with music that kind of took them through a journey, having an awareness of their embodied process through the breath, and having the facilitator guide them through this journey for about 45 minutes up to two and a half hours. In holotropic, the breath is usually all an open mouth breath. And what I've found particularly powerful is utilizing a three-part breath, which was popularized or utilized most commonly by David Elliott. I find the open mouth breathing and the three-part breath all while lying down to be the most grounding for the nervous system, especially through intensive trauma work. I became interested in breathwork after coming out of my own spiritual emergence slash psychosis slash dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it, which if you want to know more about that process for me, I talk about it in episode two. I was intimately familiar with the idea that altered states of consciousness, even really intense forms of altered states that get labeled as psychosis or a mental health crisis or a spiritual emergency, all have the possibility to be incredibly generative and incredibly healing, particularly for trauma. This is what I had personally experienced that through altered states, it allowed me to go back, review, understand, and integrate experiences that I never would have been able to otherwise. Altered states of consciousness, for me, were really embodied and took me farther than any kind of dialogue or talk therapy did. So knowing this potent, powerful aspect of altered states. And while I didn't want to relive anything like that again, I wanted to be able to safely engage with altered states in a way that would be really healing and helpful for my nervous system in a group of people with skilled practitioners and breathwork hit all of those marks for me. I started going to group breathwork sessions in New York City when I lived there and really was so moved by what it was like to be in a group of people all not only healing together, but being incredibly expressive together. To me, that was the most novel part and still is the most novel part of holotropic breathwork is that we get to laugh, scream, cry, make sounds, move our bodies in ways that we typically don't have any other spaces in our society to do so. I've talked about this before, but we are so emotionally constipated as a society. We are so emotionally repressed. There are almost zero spaces besides a very controlled dialogue between you and a therapist that are typical for any kind of emotional release. We don't have any places to do so. And I'm not saying that we should all be walking down the street expressing every emotion that moves through our bodies, but we need places to 
access our emotions where it is safe to do so and where we get to understand that we're not alone in those emotions, in our sadness, in our anger, in our pain, in any of those things. So perhaps to some people, this sounds intimidating to walk into a room full of people, all lay down in a circle, start breathing, going into some gentle altered states and crying, screaming, laughing, releasing. But for me, this was crucial and quite honestly changed my entire life. Now, it's not for everyone not every modality can be for everyone. And specifically, the folks that I tend to not recommend breathwork for are or would recommend people speak to their doctor before doing breathwork or healer or someone that they really trust that knows their medical history. This would be people that are actively currently in psychosis, people that are pregnant, those that are actively, currently experiencing panic attacks on a fairly regular basis, folks who have current intensive heart problems or problems with their liver, those are also situations that I wouldn't recommend breathwork for. Or folks that don't have any time or space in their life to integrate emotional work. Folks who I do particularly recommend holotropic breathwork for are naturally trauma survivors, people that feel like they're ready to really dive into some of the emotions, holding patterns, and embodied manifestations of trauma. If you are a trauma survivor, you may already know and be aware of the fact that in trauma, when we experience trauma, especially complex trauma or what gets labeled as CPTSD, we develop physical embodied holding patterns. Holding patterns are areas of our body that have a particularly unique form of tension, ways that we carry ourselves in our bodies that are holding or carrying a lot of physical, emotional, or psychic pain. A very common example of this is folks who are trauma survivors sometimes tend to have really tight diaphragms or a hard time breathing. There can also be a lot of restriction in the throat. We can tend to have really quiet, soft voices. Those are all examples of holding patterns. So the reason why breathwork is so powerful for this is because through the breath, we have the potential to relax our nervous system enough because we're getting plenty of oxygen, plenty of air. Our nervous system is relaxing as we're starting to tune in to some of these holding patterns. And the breath has a way of really breaking up some of this tension and releasing it. In breathwork, people often cite making sounds or movements that might feel unusual, but are actually really the body's way of getting out some of this pain, tension, stress, or energy that needs to be released. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Trauma happens in the body. So the ways that we are going to heal trauma happens in an embodied process. And breathwork really brings all of these elements together. 
breathwork is different for every person. And as someone who's been doing this for many, many years, every single breathwork session that I have myself is different every single time. Sometimes there's tons of joy and laughter and there's nothing but lightness and I get uh, spiritual visions or insights or reflections. And there are other times where I feel heavier, where I can't quite get past the physical sensations. There are other times where I've felt just a pure emotional catharsis, lots of crying. There are times where I've revisited moments in childhood that really needed to be healed. There are times where I've gotten messages from ancestors that have passed on. These are just some examples of the types of experiences that can happen in breathwork that are all very powerful regardless of the valence. The best part about breathwork for trauma healing is that unlike with psychedelics, you are in complete control. You can speed up the breath if you want a more intense experience, or you can slow it down if you need to take a break. Breathwork has taught me many things, but the main thing that it's taught me is that the body has its own innate wisdom. Anytime that I've gotten stuck in the mind, stuck in what I thought the process needed to be like or look like, things that I thought I needed to learn or move through or experience, my body has always led me to far deeper, more powerful places than my mind ever could have. And through breathwork, I've learned to not just trust the emotions that are coming up to be released because emotions have to be felt in order to be healed. They have to be felt in order to be integrated and they are felt through the body. But breathwork has also taught me that my body knows exactly what it needs in order to heal. And I'm a big believer that all of us all of our bodies have a unique wisdom that if we're able to just get out of our own way, our bodies know what it needs. Our bodies know how to release trauma, how to release stress, distress, past experiences, stuck emotions. This is not something that we need a textbook to learn. This is not necessarily something, although we could ask for the support, but not necessarily something we need a psychologist or a psychiatrist to help us understand. This is something we come onto this earth knowing how to do, but we in our current society have made it so immensely complex in terms of analyzing ourselves, thinking that we need to figure out or even remember past experiences in order to heal them. Our body remembers everything. Our body knows all. But most of all, I think it's such a very human thing that we know how to heal if we just allow ourselves to trust the process. So what I love about breathwork is that it's so simple. It's breath, it's an embodied awareness, it's evocative music. You're just breathing and letting your body do its thing. And I've found that every time that I have really allowed myself to surrender to what my body wants to do in the moment through that process, how it wants to move, what sounds I want to make, how it wants to move this energy out, 
It has never, never led me astray. Where we get caught up is we tend to have a lot of resistance to emotional release naturally. I don't think that this is something to be down on ourselves about if you've found that there's fear or anxiety around feeling, expressing, or releasing certain emotions. Many of us might blame our emotions for creating problems in our life. Many of us might feel like we don't know how to self-soothe or self-regulate, so we're terrified of going into places that feel like we can't come back from them or spiraling or cycling around the same thought loops and narratives that never feel good. We can be terrified of what's on the other side of feeling that pain. We can feel like that pain or the expression of those emotions are going to practically obliterate us. And if you feel or have felt that way, that's not something to be ashamed of at all. Most of us grow up in a context that has taught us that not only our emotions are shameful, but that we should be afraid of them, that we're wrong or bad, or that there's something inherently pathological about us if we feel too much, too big, too soon. And there might be moments in your life where you decide that it's not the time. It's not the time to do that kind of work. And that is a really valuable decision that you get to make. However, if we stay in that resistance for most or all of our lives, we are robbing ourselves of the opportunity to see who we are on the other side of that pain, to learn from the messages that that pain has for us to complete the experience, to complete the trauma cycle, to bring our pain, anger, sadness around a specific trauma into completion and to integrate it. Being on the cliff edge of surrender to our emotions is a really, really tough place to be And I found for myself that every time I've taken the leap, let myself feel the full weight, the full extent of the emotion, that that, even though it feels more terrifying, is far more valuable and easeful in the long run than staying on the edge between resistance and surrender for a long time. Because that tension... That tension tends to be one of the most painful places to be. So breathwork allows us to safely but bravely explore everything that's trapped inside through the breath, moving it out. It's also a way that we can get to know our own energy, what it feels like to be in our fullest authenticity. A lot of people describe post-breathwork feeling like they can finally feel themselves again, like truly feel themselves at their core. So in essence, this is a love letter to breathwork for helping me become a much more authentic, expressive person, building my capacity, helping me build my capacity for being with the whole full range of my human emotion and helping me integrate experiences that I never could have imagined that I would heal from. 
Again, breath work's not for everyone, but if you feel that pull inside, if you've been drawn to it for some reason or another, if you feel in your gut that this is something that's really going to be supportive on your personal journey, I have breathwork sessions available. The link is in the description below. And you can always reach out to me beforehand to ask any questions that you have about breathwork, get to know what the process is like. I have free 15-minute intro calls where I can help you see if this is a modality that might be for you or not. I am so grateful to you for being here. If you want to spend more time together, I have session openings for holistic counseling, breathwork, and energy work sessions. You can find all the information about those sessions on my website, jasminerussell.com, and it would completely make my day or probably my year if you left me a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you really liked, how it supported you, and what you're thinking about it. So if you have a question for me or you want to let me know what topics you want to hear more of on this podcast, send me an email and let me know. Until next time.